Welcome to Beyond Borders, the podcast that takes you on a journey to discover the world's most pressing issues and gain a deeper understanding of our global community. Today's topic is the military coup d'etat in Niger. So yeah, welcome everyone. Let's take a moment to set the stage before we delve into today's topic. We're about to explore Niger, a landlocked country situated in the western part of Africa. Now picture it on the map. It's bordered by Nigeria, Benin, Burkina Faso, Mali, Algeria, Libya, and Chad. The official language of Niger is French, and the nation gained independence from French colonial rule during the 1960s. Now, as we seek to understand the daily lives of Nigerian citizens, let's start by examining the state of their economy. As of 2022, Niger's population stood at 26 million, and according to the World Bank, 41% of the population, which is 10 million individuals, were grappling with extreme poverty. Now, let's look at some other metrics that give us a look into the developmental uh, state of the country. We're going to start by the life expectancy at birth. In Niger, this metric is at 61 years. That's, how, that's the average lifespan of a newborn in Niger. Another pivotal metric to consider is expected years of schooling, which is currently seven years in Niger. And um, this metric tells us how long a child entering school is likely to remain enrolled and complete their education, and that's seven years in Niger. Lastly, let's touch on gross national income, or GNI, so while the GDP assesses the annual value of the goods and services produced within a nation's border, the GNI factors in income received by residents, whether earned domestically or abroad. And Niger has a GNI per capita of $1,240. So this is how much Niger citizens are estimated to earn annually. And that's around $100 per month. Now, the UNDP, or United Nations Development Program, combines these individual scores into a composite index that is called Human Development Index, or HDI. Think of it as a ranking system that assigns countries' scores and ranks based on factors like life expectancy, expected years of schooling, and GNI per capita. And here's a revelation. Out of 191 countries, Niger ranks 189th. So that makes it the third lowest ranked country on the HDI scale, which placed it among nations that are facing significant developmental challenges in 2021. Now that we've taken a closer look at the numbers that shape Niger's landscape, let's shift our focus to an event that's been making headlines, the recent military coup d'etat. On July 26, 2023, the Presidential Guard in Niger launched a coup d'etat and detained President Mohamed Bazoum and his family inside the Presidential Palace in the capital, Niamey. Senior officers from diverse branches of the Defense and Security Forces united to establish a junta, which they named the National Council for the Safeguarding of the Homeland, or CNSP, and they declared their takeover through a televised broadcast. Communiqué numéro 1, ce jour, 26 juillet 2023, nous, forces de défense et de sécurité, 
réunis au sein du Conseil national pour la sauvegarde de la patrie, CLSP, avons décidé de mettre fin au régime que vous connaissez. Cela fait suite à la dégradation continue de la situation sécuritaire, la mauvaise gouvernance économique et sociale, réaffirmant notre attachement au respect de tous les engagements souscrits par le Niger, nous rassurons la communauté nationale et internationale par rapport au respect de l'intégrité physique et morale des autorités déchues conformément aux principes des droits humains. The country's borders were closed, a nationwide curfew was in place, and all institutions of the country were suspended. Two days later, on July 28, Abdurrahman Chiani, which is the head of the Presidential Guard, declared himself the head of the CNSP, which now makes him the de facto leader of Niger, and said that this whole intervention was necessary to avoid the gradual and inevitable demise of the country. The army spokesman said on state television that the constitution had been suspended. Now let's see how the word responded to this shift in Niger. We're going to start by what the French president Emmanuel Macron had to say about the situation. Je dirais ici avec beaucoup de clarté que la France condamne absolument avec la plus grande fermeté ce coup d'état militaire contre un dirigeant démocratiquement élu, courageux et qui fait pour son pays les réformes et les investissements dont il a besoin et que nous accompagnons comme nous avons accompagné son prédécesseur depuis le début. Ce coup d'État est parfaitement illégitime et profondément dangereux pour les Nigériens, pour le Niger et pour toute la région. Now we're going to hear what the US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken had to say about the situation. Our team has been deeply engaged with um, multiple countries in the region as well as critical organizations like ECOWAS, like the African Union, uh, and we are united in condemning the actions that have taken place in Niger, calling for the immediate release. Our economic and security partnership with Niger, which is significant, hundreds of millions of dollars, depends on the continuation of the democratic governance and constitutional order that has been disrupted uh, by uh, the actions in the, last, uh, in the last few days. So uh, that assistance, that support is in clear jeopardy as a result of these actions, which is another reason why they need to be immediately reversed. Next, and I promise this is the last one, we have Stéphane Dujaric, the spokesperson for the United Nations Secretary General with the statement on the situation in Niger. All right, I will start off with a statement on the situation in Niger. The Secretary General is following closely the situation in Niger. He condemns in the strongest terms any efforts to seize power by force and to undermine de democratic governance, peace, and stability in Niger. The Secretary General calls on all actors involved to exercise restraint and ensure the protection of constitutional order. The United Nations stands by the government and people of Niger. Next, we have ECOWAS, or the Economic Community of West African States, which moved swiftly to condemn the coup and gave actually gave the junta a week-long deadline to reinstate the democratically elected government and threatened to intervene militarily in Niger if the junta fails to do so. So as it has become obvious, the coup was met with a regional and international condemnation with 
Some countries explicitly condemning the coup and others just calling for a return to normalcy. I have a statement from the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson emphasizing President Mohammad Bazoum's relationship with China and expressing hope for his safety and calling for a restoration of normalcy and also calling for countries in the region to find a political solution to the situation. We also have a statement by the Foreign Ministry of Russia sharing the concern expressed in connection with the situation in Niger by the UN Secretary General, the African Union and the ECOWAS. Now let's take a look into the countries who actually supported the coup. We have Burkina Faso and Mali, both neighbors of Niger, have come out, have not only come out in support of the military junta, but also said that an attack on Niger would be equivalent to a declaration of war against them. What's interesting is that the governments in both these countries are a result of a military coup d'etat themselves. Now, another international player who've come out in support of the coup is the Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of the Wagner mercenary group, who you might have heard about in the news as the person who tried to organize a failed mutiny against Russia's army, or as the person who led the Wagner group who's been fighting in Ukraine alongside Russia for the past year and a half. Now, he did not only uh, support the military coup, he also offered his fighter services to bring order. So how are the people of Niger reacting to this development? Remember when we mentioned that ECOWAS had given the military junta a one-week ultimatum to restore the civilian government? On the Sunday when this deadline was set to expire, according to the AFP, approximately 30,000 supporters of the military coup gathered in Niamey to show support for the military leaders. Now let's discuss a poll that was conducted by Premise Data. But it's worth noting that these findings may not reflect the broader sentiments of the entire nation. The survey was conducted with a limited sample size, primarily composed of male respondents from the capital, Niamey. However, it does provide insights into the prevailing mood. So based on a recent poll that was conducted by Premise Data on behalf of The Economist, a significant 79% of those surveyed voiced their support for the junta's actions. Additionally, a substantial 78% believed that the junta should continue to hold power either for an extended period or until new elections are conducted. A slight majority of 57% of those surveyed indicated their opposition to intervention by regional or international organizations. And among those who favored foreign intervention, 53% expressed a preference for Russia's involvement. So what happens next? The military junta has defied the ECOWAS deadline of August 6 to stand down. Instead, they closed Nigeria's airspace and declared their intention to protect the country against foreign attacks. Now, ECOWAS responded during an emergency summit of its heads of state in Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria, and ordered the activation of a standby force for potential use against the junta. 
The president of Nigeria, which currently heads ECOWAS this year, Bola Tinubu, said the bloc is prioritizing a diplomatic solution to the crisis, but that all options, including military action, are on the table. Now, security analysts have noted that assembling an ECOWAS force could take several weeks or even longer, which could create opportunities for negotiations. The bloc has also committed to imposing sanctions, travel bans, and asset freezes on individuals impeding the return to power of the civilian government. Nigeria has also imposed sanctions on Niger as a result of the military coup by cutting its electricity supply to Niger, which depends on Nigeria for 70% of its power. Let's move now to the aid and what happens to the aid that was provided by the United States, which is a significant contributor of both humanitarian and security aid to Niger, has freezed aid programs worth over $100 million due to the military takeover. The French Foreign Ministry also announced that France immediately suspended all development aid and budget support to Niger, and that development aid amounted to approximately 120 million euros in 2022. So yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you for joining us today as we explored the events that are unfolding in Niger. If you like this episode, come back next week for another one. Bye for now.